This week on the Anxiety Slayer podcast, we're talking about how to use EFT tapping to ease the pain of loss. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that there are still a few days left for our spring sale on all of our first responder series courses for anxiety attacks, health anxiety, and social anxiety. You can get 25% off any one of those courses or all three of them until May 31st. And you just use the coupon code SPRING2021. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. Today we're coming together to talk about grief and easing the pain of loss. We recently received a request from one of our patrons who asked if we could create a guided tapping session for releasing grief and easing loss. And we felt that this tied in beautifully to what's going on right now in the world. There's so much grief with this pandemic. There's been so much loss. And tapping is such a supportive way to respond to grief that we decided to create a short course as well, which along with a guided tapping session, will offer 10 ways to work with tapping to ease the pain of loss. Be on the lookout uh, next week in your inbox if you are receiving our newsletter and we'll tell you even more about the course. But today let's talk about grief and how we can help move through it, how we can help be with it. Grief is such a very personal experience and very complex. We can grieve for the loss of our loved ones. We can grieve for places, experiences lost. And as we were talking about together before we started recording today, so many global instances of grief going on right now with the loss, with the pandemic, the anniversary of a significant loss which has impacted the world just this week. And tapping is a beautiful way to respond to any kind of overwhelm and pain or sense of loss, whether it's for somebody we know or not, whether it's for something going on that impacts our heart and causes us to suffer, but we're not directly able to do anything about that situation or not. Tapping is a really compassionate self-help practice that can help ease the pain of loss wherever we feel it, wherever it comes from. The worldwide grief right now is something that we're all feeling, whether we realize it or not. Whether you have a personal story of loss of a loved one or a friend or a coworker, or whether you have lost employment or your home or the sense of feeling safe, free, the grief that comes with feeling lonely. Mm. And I bring this forward because oftentimes we'll be walking down a path thinking, you know, for as wild as it is out there, I'm doing pretty well. But I still feel a bit off. I still feel a bit sad. I still feel a bit anxious. And that's perfectly natural and very much a part of the collective energy. So tapping helps us move through that, brings us back into the present moment, 
and brings all of our treasured memories close, back to the heart. I think one of the most wonderful things about tapping is that we're not trying to push things away. We're not trying to tap them down. We're not trying to get rid of grief. The first thing that happens with tapping is that we honor what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. We actually pause and have a think. How am I feeling? What's going on with that? How's this affecting me? We, we take that moment to take a breath and pause and just look at what's impacting us and what's going on. And then we take the time to address that with tapping. So we might use a setup statement to do that, to really tune in to how we're feeling. And if you're new to EFT tapping or you're new to the podcast, you can find out more about what we're talking about today on our website at anxietieslayer.com forward slash EFT. We've got an introduction to EFT tapping and you can find more of our resources there. So tapping really helps us, first of all, honor what we're going through. It's not trying to shut the door on it. It's not trying to push it away. And that's one of my favorite things about tapping. And we go into that in more depth in the course we're creating, how when we honor our grief, we look at how personal it is, how there's no time frame for grief to leave us, and that nobody else has the right to an opinion on our grief because it is deeply personal. Remember a couple of years ago, I was in a bookstore and they had a radio playing and I learned that somebody had, had passed away in the UK who I grew up with as a comedian and I didn't know her personally, but I would watch her on the TV as I grew up and listen to different things she created. And I loved her. I thought she was so funny. And she helped me through some really difficult times. I felt she was such a great observer of life. And I'd just come out of hospital from a very serious diagnosis and surgery, which was closely related to the cause of her leaving. So one minute I'm in a bookshop looking for something I want to read. And the next minute I felt like I'd been hit by a ton of bricks because this person that I'd greatly admired, who wasn't much older than me, had suddenly left. So I left the bookstore and went out to my car and I sat and I shed some tears for her and I sent her my best wishes for our onward journey. And I just sat with what she'd done for me, what her humor had brought to me and her observations and thinking of her family, um, thinking of how I'd been through a, a similar thing. It was quite a shaky thing to hear. It felt quite close to home, yet I felt fortunate. There was a lot going on. So I sat in the car and just tapped, tapped and cried and breathed and sat with it. And very often we don't stop to do that. We feel that we should just push through and carry on, but I think it's really important and it's something that I've learned over time that when we sit and respond and however we choose to do it, conversationally, in prayer, in journaling, with tapping or whatever tools we use, it doesn't really matter what the methodology is so much. But what does matter is that we pause and we look at how we're feeling. We tune into how we're feeling and we are able to be with those feelings and honor them. And it doesn't matter whether anybody else liked that person or felt helped by that person or didn't or had had a similar experience to me or not. It's all completely personal how something impacts us in that moment and how we choose to respond to it. And that's one thing that I particularly, one of many things that I particularly appreciate about tapping is that we have that opportunity to tune in to how we're feeling 
and then move through the tapping points and some breathing, and we will come to a place of peace with it. And it can be done absolutely anywhere. So that's a good thing to remember. There you were in the bookstore. And of course, you took your leave to go and and have some privacy in the car. You can tap in the car. You could use the washroom if you needed to. You could leave wherever you are and and find a quiet spot. And, And even if you can't, you can go back to the calming point until you can tap. There's just an, a number of different things that you can do. Tapping with triggers is so incredibly potent because this was a trigger. You hearing about her, you had grief around the loss and memory of her, and then you had the trigger of, oh my goodness, she left because of the same disease that. I have just recovered from. Yeah, just had surgery, but with an ongoing diagnosis, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's heavy. So I don't know what you would have done without that. I I certainly can sense that you would have suffered much more had you not known how to care for yourself, how to honor her, honor your grief, sit with it, honor what triggered you, give thanks. And then do the best you can to move forward. Yeah. And again, you know, it's complex. Mm-hmm. There's a lot comes up in those situations. And I'm sure everyone will have a, a similar story, not the same story, because we're all different. But similar stories, similar times where we get hit by some information. Actually, the radio can bring us a lot of triggers. Oh, too much. Yeah, the, the radio, the television. You know, it's one of the reasons why I do my very best to limit the amount of media that comes in because very much like many of our listeners, as soon as they get to these medical segments, now the big thing in on the national news, it, you know, based on this time of year besides COVID is being careful of ticks and being care, you know, all these things, you know, whether it's the mosquitoes or the ticks or the COVID or, or and it goes on and on and on that can be triggering and that can make you spiral into a space of, oh my gosh, is that going to happen to me? Or did that happen to me? Or, or I was just in the woods, you know, blah, 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 right? (laughs) Just the stories we create and to be able to address that almost immediately by tapping, even though there are a, a rise in cases of COVID. And I'm afraid that that's going to happen. And I've already had so much loss. I love and accept myself, even though I was in the woods where ticks could be. And I'm afraid that that could happen, that I could get bit, et cetera. I love and accept myself. Whatever, whatever it is, you can address it right now. Yeah. And, and to diffuse things as we go, I mean, you know, someone might say, well, I could be tapping all day long. You could be. Yeah, you could be. You probably won't be, but you could also be worrying all day long. True. And if we can diffuse things as they come up, we put down those rocks that we're carrying in our mind. We have the opportunity to put them down and set them aside. And that protects us from another kind of loss, which is the loss of engaging fully with our lives, because we can find things everywhere that will stop us doing that. And I think that's also another big part of the grief that many of us are feeling at the moment. Certainly. 
in the UK, we've just been through another long lockdown where we've been unable to see loved ones. And we're coming out of it now, but we're coming out of it in the coldest, greyest, wettest May I've ever known. And I'm hearing a lot of friends and family really complaining about it because it feels constraining. We're really ready for the sun. We're really ready to get outside. And I think the loss of connection with loved ones that's come in this COVID situation that we're living through, it's another loss. It's another loss that we grieve for not being able to see our friends and family. There are people with grandchildren they've barely been able to see. I have elderly parents. I've seen them once for a couple of hours since last June, so in the last year. So there's a lot going on for us right now. Let's talk about how we can work with sense to ease the pain of loss. And this is something that we've gone into in a bit of detail in the course. Scents come at us so definitely and directly into our mind, into our brain, but also sometimes below our conscious awareness, unless we're sitting with some essential oil and we're choosing to inhale it and connect with it and notice it. Often we're, we're just going about our day and we'll smell something and it may have some impact on us. And it's a very interesting way to work with grief is to tap with different scents. We might smell a cigar or a particular baking smell. There's a particular smell. I don't smell it very often at all, but it reminds me of my lovely Aunt Edna. <laughs> she was my great aunt. We nicknamed her Auntie Blood. And I have a really happy memory of baking with her in her kitchen. And there's a particular smell. I'll probably smell it once every few years, but it just puts me right back in her kitchen. And for me, that's a happy memory, but sometimes they're not happy memories. Sometimes it's a flashback to some sense of loss or it keys us right into grief for the loss of a friend or a loved one. So we can use EFT tapping to respond in the moment to those scents. If we smell something and we think, oh, this is really taking me there, then we can use tapping in the presence of that scent to diffuse any stress or anxiety or deep-seated grief or loss and just really be able to be with that scent in a way that the anxiety and the sense of loss gradually goes down as we tap and then the, the memories come up of better times, better connection. Or if it's an unhappy memory, what happens with EFT is the emotional intensity is taken out of it and the memory flips back to where it should be in the timeline of our life. And we remember it, it's not erased, but we remember it without the triggering and without the emotional intensity, the emotional charge. Your story about your aunt Edna made me think about my grandfather, uh, Grandpa Jean. <laughs> and he used to smoke a, a pipe and he would put cherry tobacco mm -hmm. in this pipe. And anytime I smell that, which is very rare. I think of him and, and go right back to, to being in his house on the lake and him in his chair, smoking his tobacco and my grandma in the kitchen doing her thing. And 
and painting and just like being in their presence in that space of of that. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, uh, being in a car with the windows rolled up uh, when my father smoked cigarettes. And it was a, it was in a time where people didn't really think much about smoking around young ones or, or about maybe perhaps rolling the window down. <laughs> so I really don't react well to cigarette smoke. That'll bring me back to that place of being like, ah, like a trapped fish and a goldfish or something. Yeah, yeah. I can smile about that and share that with you because it's it's not a huge trigger for me anymore. But it is something that would bring me back to that memory, which wasn't a fond one, you know, wanting to climb out the window while you're driving down the road. That would definitely be something to cap for. Yeah, I was reading um, last night Oprah Winfrey's new book, What Happened to You? which she wrote with Dr. Bruce Perry. And there was this amazing story in there about a young boy, teenage boy, who was in a care facility for children that had been removed from violent homes. And they had helped him with some things he was going through to help him be more settled. And he was doing well. He was doing quite well. It sounded like a kind facility. and. One day a new teacher joined. They were schooled where they were living. There were about 100 kids there, so they had their own educational setup. A new teacher joined who was friendly, well-qualified. He was good with the kids, but this boy really abreacted to him. And they couldn't see why. And sometimes he would just explode. And it had to do with the teacher's proximity to him. The closer he came to try and help him with his work, the more this boy would kick off to the point that on a couple of occasions they had to physically restrain him. Oh, poor baby. He became really violent. And they couldn't work out what was happening. And then there developed some real hostility between him and the teacher. The teacher wouldn't make eye contact with him. He kept out of his way. There was, you know, something going on. And then one day the boy's father was scheduled to visit him and he was, had supervised visiting with his father there'd always be somebody with him and the person who was due to sit with him couldn't make it so Dr Perry sat in he filled in that place so he sat in this room with the boy and his dad the dad came late the dad smelled of alcohol he used to beat his son and that was a condition that he should always come sober that alcohol was always a part of the disruption of the boy's life so he should come sober so he came smelling of alcohol he came late and dr perry's observing their interactions so they're playing checkers not really talking to each other they're just playing this game and as dr perry was sitting in the corner of the room he was transported to a memory of his father a really happy memory and he drifted with that for a few seconds And then he went to check on them and how they were doing. And he leant in between them and he could smell this particular aftershave, Old Spice aftershave. Mm. When I was growing up, it was very popular. I think my dad used to wear it. That reminds me of my Grandpa Joe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He leant in and he smelt this Old Spice aftershave and he just said, how's the game going? And And the father said, oh, he's winning. And there wasn't much else to say. But he realized that he'd not consciously absorbed that scent and been carried off onto a happy memory. And then he thought, 
how possibly that might be affecting this boy's relationship with his teacher. So went and asked the teacher, what deodorant to use? And he said, Old Spice. Yeah. And that was the thing. That was it. Yeah. So he switched to a neutral deodorant. And Dr. Perry sat with him and the boy and went through this brain diagram that he teaches brilliantly in the book, showing how things progress up through the brain and affect us, different levels of awareness. He had a conversation with them both individually, then sat them together. The teacher didn't wear Old Spice again, and they were able to resume lessons and and have a good relationship. And that young boy started to do well in class again. Wow. Just from that. Yeah. But how many times are we not aware? And what I'm particularly enjoying about this book is something that I've always been very concerned about um, when I'm working with clients, and that is to understand that we don't always see where things are coming from, but they're always coming from somewhere. Right. We don't have to know, but we do benefit from knowing that it's always coming from somewhere. Whether we know where the somewhere is or not, we don't have to dig it out and pick it apart. But if we can at least understand everything we're going through is coming from somewhere, from something, otherwise anxiety can feel so terrifyingly random. And it's not random. There's always something there. So I I really appreciate that angle of the book. Oh, yeah. And when you think about what we're talking about in tapping with sense, tapping with triggers, tapping through that, even though this smells like my father and scares me because that's associated with me getting hit or him being out of control because of his alcohol, I love and accept myself. And you could tap through that and do yourself a beautiful service. By doing so, by being able to, to uh, face that and work through that as gently and sweetly as possible, but calling it for what it is. Yeah, and even tapping with the scent, mm-hmm. having the scent on a piece of tissue or handkerchief by you. And if it's a really intense memory, then you're going to want to be across the room and gradually get closer to it as you tap. And for that, I would recommend if it's an intense memory, working with a professional. Yeah. but. Being aware of any scent that triggers us, we can tap in the presence of that scent and it will diffuse the emotional intensity of the situation. Mm -hmm. So in this case, it was done by a very compassionate, super observant doctor who fortunately could piece it together and peace was found. But there's a lot we can do for ourselves when we become aware of triggers, scents and Help ourselves just feel more smoothed out, more at ease. We can also tap for physical pain around loss and grief. And that, that's something that we might not think that we can do, but we can absolutely tap for just about anything, right? Yeah. When um, tapping first came to the UK in the late 1990s, I think it was around about 1998, we had this slogan, try it on anything. <laughs> yeah. And we were all really experimenting with each other on ourselves, all kinds of um, funny things we would try. And we were amazed, actually, really amazed how we were having great relief and, and breakthroughs from some quite heavy anxieties, heavy memories, and really funny things. 
where you could uh, increase your confidence about something or even improve your motor skills. I remember um, playing around with tapping when I was playing a balancing game with some friends. My sense of balance isn't brilliant, as anyone who knows me will tell you and laugh. They'll have stories. If only we would share the story of Ananga and the swing in the forest. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's a very short story. (laughs) (laughs) One leg got on the swing and... And then her bum landed on the ground. Uh, (laughs) Yep. Definitely dragged me around for a good couple of minutes. Yeah, my mind's always ahead of my body. I have these incredible ideas that like inside I'm some, you know, ballerina or gymnast or something. <laughs> and the external realities <laughs> doesn't match it at all. I'm not known for my um, balance. But uh, in, so in this game, we were playing this, this stacking balancing game with some friends and I just decided to tap. I just tapped under the table, not me under the table, put my <laughs> hands under the table and <laughs> tapped on the finger points just just tapping on the finger points of EFT. And I got better. I think I actually won. Yeah, you probably did. I got accused of cheating. Uh, <laughs> yes, because you were tapping under the table. Because I was tapping. But yeah. um, yes, really anything that comes up, we can be quite creative and quite exploratory with tapping. And it's extremely helpful to just take those opportunities in the moment to diffuse the things that come up and push us sideways. Because if we don't, they stick. It's another thing we're carrying. It's another thing we're, right. we're dealing with. And the, and the physical pain that comes with loss is sometimes surprising. The, the, you know, the, that heartbreaking feeling, that heaviness that comes. The, uh, sometimes, the, depending on your constitution and what you're dealing with, the, the headaches that come after being really sad and and crying and clearing. So you can tap for all of that as well, and you can lighten things up so much quicker than you can possibly understand. If you, if you haven't done any tapping, I, I promise you this is the truth, because just by working through and bringing your words to how you're feeling, and accepting yourself no matter what that is, no matter how that comes forward, and then moving through the points. It's just a real powerful way to give yourself some relief from physical pain. Yeah. And again, turning to yourself Mm -hmm. in that moment is really key. And sometimes with grief, we have incredible pressure in our throat or on our chest. So even just to put your hand, put one hand where the pain is and tap and breathe with the other hand and just send yourself kindness, send yourself an intention to soften and release that pain. Pain often comes with constriction in the body, literally constriction in our muscles and tension and also more subtly constriction in the energy channels of the body, which is what tapping is working on. That's what EFT works on. So there's a lot we can do to ease that pain. And if the pain doesn't shift, It doesn't mean it's not working. It means we need to look at it a little bit more deeply. And we might have some beliefs about that pain. We might believe that we deserve to carry it. Or we might believe that we're stuck with it. And if we can tap for those words, then we'll start to feel some release. Again, it might be something that we need to talk 
to an EFT practitioner or tapping practitioner about to get a little bit more deeply into that. But it does work. It doesn't mean it's not working. It just means a little tweaking. And finally, tapping for anxiety around loss, whatever that loss may be, loss of a loved one, loss of a friend, loss of a job, loss of your freedom, the things that that you are triggered by that bring up more anxiety that have you in that space of just feeling like, oh no, instead of ah, I know what to do here. I know how to care for myself. I can tap. I was tapping when my daughter went off to school for the first time. She's, she's home now for the summer, but I remember I started to get into an anxious loop around her well-being and creating stories around that. And of course, there was loss involved because she left the house, right? I was already dealing with that in, in even as natural and normal as it is for our kids to move on, there's still a sense of loss around that. And then you combine that with the anxiety of the pandemic and, and the, the amount of stress involved with a move. And so all of that's going on, right? And we don't have to just shoulder that. We don't just have to stiff upper lip and, and move forward. If, if you're feeling discomfort, anxious, if, if that's rising in you around any of this loss, tapping is going to help you bring yourself back to that calmer place. Bring yourself back to the, that understanding that this too shall pass, even though it feels so big right now. And by tapping, you can reduce it by degree until you've found more peace. Yeah. And when we do that, there's always the sense of ideas coming online, resources coming online. And that has happened for me. The hundreds of people I've worked with with tapping again and again, you see that twist, mm-hmm. that, that flip side in the dialogue to a, a brighter um, outlook, brighter outlook and a brighter understanding as that negative stuck narrative gets loosened up and evaporated and then our resources come back online and it feels a great relief when that happens. Oh, Nanga, I'm so glad that we came together today to talk about this, to talk about how tapping can help for grief, how tapping can help for easing the pain of loss and, and all of the other areas that we discussed. Tapping to ease the pain of loss is a new course that we're just finishing up and it's going to be available on June 1st. We'll send out an email on the 1st with more information, but you get a sense for what's involved based on what we've talked about today. There's so much involved and this is a a micro course, so it's not going to be as expensive as some of our more in-depth courses. And it's something that you can get your hands on on the 1st and dig right in and start tapping. And the course will be released to all of our patrons on our top tier. So anybody on the VIP, Anxiety Slayer tier, will automatically have access to that course next week. Otherwise, it will be in the Anxiety Slayer Academy on Teachable. 